0: The king of sports
1: books comes the king of sports podcasts.
2: Unleashed.
3: Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Papas and Olivia Harlan Decker.
4: Welcome in, everybody. This is Unleashed by BetMGM, the king of sports books. It's officially. March. We even got started on the madness a little early this year as the top six ranked teams in the country. They all lost on a historic Saturday in college basketball. That was crazy. We're going to get into that, especially at the end of the show with Peter Andrew, because something tells me that was a good day for the folks at Pet MGM. Actually, seven out of the top nine went down. That includes St. Mary's taking down top ranked Gonzaga and Giannis, you can't say their school name, but I know you like watching them play. What do you see?
3: I love watching Gonzaga play. Zaga. They got beat down, you know, it was, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, those guys look good. They pounded it inside. You know, I think there's probably a lot of NBA scouts watching uh, Holgreen. That's his name, right? Am I pronouncing it right? Holgrim? Holgreen? Holgren. You
4: don't pronounce, you don't even pronounce your own name right, so I'm I not know. sure. I know.
3: Yeah, Yamis. You know, he was getting pounded. I mean, his weight is a real liability. You take him down low, I mean, he's like a feather down there. So I watched that game. It was exciting to watch. Such a big upset. Storming the court, though, I'm not a big fan, Olivia. I am not a big fan. I just feel like there's a whole team that just lost, and then they're getting attacked by fans. It's just a dangerous, unpredictable situation. If I was a losing team, I would just feel like a little threatened. If fans running on the, I just feel like it's unprofessional.
4: Unprofessional. This whole thing is unprofessional. This is just, this is kids. These are 18 year olds.
3: Yeah, I think they should. I mean, anybody tries to get on the court, I think they should get stun guns and and get them stung, like just sting them with the stun gun (laughs) like they did in old school. Just one by one. That would be fun to watch college kids getting stun gunned.
4: You know what is really scary as a sideline reporter when you're on a football field and they storm the field and you just are looking over your shoulder, you're doing your post-game interview, you're like, oh hell no, they're coming right for me. It's yeah. scary.
3: That's what I mean. Isn't it illegal? <laughs> I mean, if I was a player, I wouldn't like that. Is it is it are you allowed to do that, technically?
4: Well, it's not illegal, but they do kind of line up cops there. But I think on a basketball court, it's worse. You're right, it's a hard surface, someone can get hurt, there's less, you know, surface area. Anyways, uh, you know who knows a lot about excited fans storming the court. All this excitement is our guest today, and Giannis, I'm really excited about this. This is one of those episodes I called in a favor from a friend, Frank Kaminsky, former unanimous National College Player of the Year, current member of the NBA's best team, the top seed Phoenix Suns, is joining the show today. And I mentioned he's a friend, mostly of my husband's. I've gotten to know him over the years. He played at Wisconsin. Sam. And I've been meaning to ask Frank for three years if he got romantic with any of my cute friends at our wedding. Because let me tell you, that weekend was like an episode of Love Island. It was like Noah's Ark if the flood had been vodka. Hmm. Everyone seemed to couple off, if only for one special night. And Giannis, we've been married three years. I'm still hearing about stories from our wedding weekend. So I've got to have Frank weigh in.
3: I'm excited. I got a lot of questions. We got something Mm. fun lined up that you don't know about. I can't wait. Yep. We got some surprises. Me and the producers, Joel, we spoke behind your back. And since Frank is such a good friend of Sam, you know, when I used to watch those Wisconsin games, I called them the ivory towers and... (laughs) Now that we got him, we're going to find out some interesting inside info. It's going to be fun for the fans of the show to listen to. Oh. So, yeah. And uh, I promise Olivia knows nothing about it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I'm a little bit nervous. But no, Frank is such a great guy. Glad he can do it for us this week. He played in two Final Fours. So we've got to pick his brain on upcoming March Madness and the Big Ten tournament, especially Uh, He was just a beast in college. And I've also got to say, big heart on that big seven-foot dude. He has donated every year to our Children's Cancer Family Foundation. He's just, he is all right in my book. But you know what we do when something's not all right in our book, Giannis?
3: Olivia, I think we unleash. It's time to unleash.
4: I love how you say that every week. Yeah. Can I go first, my friend?
3: Absolutely, young lady.
4: All right. All right. Everyone has seen that Kyrie Irving is back, kind of. He's had a limited season thanks to the vaccine requirements in Brooklyn, New York City. He hasn't been able to play in his own home games. He had the best game of the season this weekend. He dropped 38 on the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks. The Nets won by three in a big one after the All-Star break. And this was not only big for the Nets, it was big for Kyrie, who got hurt in the Eastern Conference Finals against this very team last year. He was done for the season with an ankle injury. So this was his first time back in that building. He said it was obviously, you know, very emotional, you can imagine. And we all saw that great video of him hugging his dad on the court after. It was was awesome. I loved watching that. And he says that he sees the light at the end of the tunnel because... Unless you've been living under a rock, you've seen that New York City and their mayor are planning on phasing out vaccine requirements by March 7th, that's this week, but that still doesn't include people who work at Barclays Center. So to me, this makes no sense. Even NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said it's just not logical that unvaccinated players from away teams can play in Barclays Center, but not Nets players, not Kyrie. This is so stupid. This is not political. This is one of those things where we're just not being pragmatic. How does that make any sense? How does that keep people more safe? And I'm totally kidding as I say this, but the Nets really have been robbed of some wins, I think. They could file some kind of suit to get back some wins from the games that Kyrie could have directly impacted their season. So when in doubt, whenever it comes to anything like this, I like the saying, You don't need to be right. You need to get it right. And this was not right. And now we're seeing people try to correct and everything in these big cities. You know, New York City's following Boston and other cities that's phasing this out. And I'm just speaking to this from a sports standpoint. You know, I'm not, I'm really, I'm not involved or care really about all the politics of this. But from a sports standpoint, this has been an interesting story to watch. You know, when we looked at the NFL, did you notice in the NFL playoffs, we never heard about players getting COVID? Isn't that convenient timing, Giannis? They stopped all mandatory testing, all the protocols for unvaccinated players. Aaron Rodgers fell on a sword. So many asymptomatic players missed games in the regular season because they tested positive, saying, I feel fine. I feel fine. I've been vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. And then playoffs hit. And I was thinking when I was watching the Super Bowl, I wonder how many players out there don't feel so hot today, but are obviously not going to go get tested. It's a Super Bowl. Like, I'd love to know if there was some way to retroactively test someone for COVID, if there were any players on the Super Bowl field who had active COVID. We'll never know because the NFL said this isn't working for us. So anyways, as the NBA is trying to deal with city laws and ordinances, this has been This has been kind of sketchy with the Kyrie stuff. And I know fans for any team are hoping he can play. He's an incredible player. By the way, the Nets are expecting to get Kevin Durant back from injury this week. He's missed one and a half months. They have new acquisitions like Ben Simmons, backup veteran point guard Goran Dragic. So, just watch out. The nets are coming and keep an eye on the politics in New York City because if Kyrie's able to play in home games, that's really big to finish up this last quarter of the season. But come on, mayor. This is ridiculous.
3: Yeah, at this point it's ridiculous. I agree with you. Even when you look at tennis, it's like Djokovic is getting robbed of, you know, he 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 probably would have won the Australian. He probably would have just won yep. in Acapulco. I mean, I'm a Nadal fan, so hey, I'll take it, but yeah. it's getting ridiculous. I, I Look, if the Nets win it, you, there's one person in this country is pretty famous who's going to be happy about it, and that's Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know he's rooting for Kyrie. Anyway, yeah. uh, I'll be back on Rogan at the end of the month, so that's good. Oh,
4: really? Hell yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. All right, so it's time for me to unleash on what I want to unleash on, but it's less of an unleash and uh, it's more of the elephant in the room. So I'm going to take my comedy hat off for a second and um, just really give a huge shout out. This, you know, this is the perfect time to mention this if we're going to mention this on the show is right now during our unleash segment. But Mm -hmm. something pretty amazing is happening in the world right now. You know, often uh, during times of darkness, there's certain things that inspire. And um it shows the best of us, the bravery in us and the humility and loyalty of people. And right now you got four, four absolute champions, four of the best boxers of our era. And that is not hyperbole, who have uh, decided to go back to their home country. In the case of Vitali Klitschko, he's the mayor of Kiev and his brother, of course. Uh, everyone knows the Klitschko brothers. Lomachenko, who's currently, I think, ranked eighth in the pound for pound best fighters in the world. And also now we got Alexander Usyk, who just beat Anthony Joshua, who's set to fight him again, I think, in May. As of right now, that fight is still on. But all four of them are back in the Ukraine fighting against the Russians in this war. And um, that's just an unbelievable thing for them to do that. I'm sure that's inspiring the people. In the Ukraine, it's really inspiring the world and really making Vladimir Putin look bad. So, and that's what we need right now. This was a horrible act of aggression. And I just want to take a moment to, for us at Unleashed and myself, to our hearts go out to the people in Ukraine who are suffering because of this uh, unjust war. It almost feels like war is antiquated. Like, you just can't do it anymore. It's like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. There's boxers fighting in this thing. You know, you got kids underground and bunkers going to school. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing to see sports highlighted in such a way during such a horrible time by these four brave young champions deciding to put their fame and riches aside and go fight for their country to make a point. And their points being heard The world round so i just wanted to say it's an amazing thing and shout out to all four of those absolute ukrainian beasts fighting for their country and for what's right
4: that is awesome yanis very well said it's it's crazy to see you get deep sometimes i never take you seriously but it was hard not to there so thanks so much let's go ahead and bring in our guest to switch it back over to hoops frank kaminsky is next He's a former men's national college player of the year from the Wisconsin Badgers, top 10 NBA draft pick and current member of the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. Frank Kaminsky is here. Frank, thanks for joining Unleashed.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. That was a very nice introduction.
4: (laughs) Thanks. That's why they pay me so much. Uh, I I teased earlier that I'm still hearing funny stories from our wedding weekend. You were at the wedding, obviously, three years ago. I swear, I'm still hearing crazy stories. It seems like all of Sam's Wisconsin friends and all of my Georgia friends just kind of coupled off like an episode of Love <laughs> it <was> Island. It <laughs> <laughs> I, I never heard. Did you find love that weekend?
1: I did not. I did not find love. <laughs> I was At that time, I was not searching for it, but um, there was definitely, with some individuals, I'll keep names out of it, there was definitely some Love Island type situations going on. <laughs> It's like that episode of The Office where Michael's like, Jim and Pam's wedding is going to be the single greatest hookup destination on planet Earth. (laughs) And your wedding was a great spot. There was a lot of bachelors and bachelorettes that were enjoying themselves.
3: Yeah, Olivia, I was about to say, loves a little, I mean, loves a little bit. It's the wrong word. You You used the wrong word. I would have asked differently. I would have said, did anyone? It was fun. Yeah, did anyone smash?
1: It was a great time. I'll just say that that wedding was a great time. There was just so many funny things. I mean, both of them just have Sam and Olivia both have like great friends, good people, good personalities. I think, you know, Sam's friends are they're kind of like me. They're just goofballs.
4: A lot of goofballs.
1: Like John had a tiny T-shirt from (laughs) Sam's bachelor party in Mexico that he decided to wear underneath his black tie suit and this bust out (laughs) at one point. It was about six sizes too small. It's just just funny, goofy stuff. A lot of fun.
4: We have this funny picture framed in our house of like the dance floor of everyone dancing. And Frank's head is like two heads above everyone else. (laughs) Really just see Frank in it. But it's a a great picture. We're glad you were there.
1: It was a lot of fun.
4: Yeah.
1: I got to give a shout out to Jerry. Jerry's my favorite. (laughs) Olivia knows Jerry.
4: Jerry is my brother-in-law who has never met a stranger. He's this kind of handsome Italian guy who just everyone loves. And at our wedding, the whole wedding party started chanting, Jerry, Jerry. We have no idea why. They just love him. There's the Jerry's story.
1: the
3: best. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Frank. So we were talking a little bit before, Um, you know, there's this myth out there that you're Serbian because you played in a Serbian league, but, mm-hmm. and you're not Jewish, even though your last name's Kamitsky. me and you met, like we were talking about 2015. I asked you about your bar mitzvah and you told me you didn't know what you were talking about. I still don't believe you, <laughs> but what are
1: you exactly? What's your background? Uh, we're all over the place. I told you this, I, all my great grandparents are from somewhere different. Uh, we've actually tried to do like the ancestry.com, like, Oh. Find out where everyone's from, and it's just it's all over the place. We're just those Eastern European immigrant Chicago families, like we got polish, Irish, German, Serbian, Croatian, my grandma, I think is part Czechoslovakian. It's just it's hard to know because especially on my dad's side of the family, there wasn't they're pretty poor, so there wasn't a lot of records kept. so wow, it's hard to truly know, but it's it's a lot,
3: so you won't be playing for the Serbian national team. You're going to be in the u
1: s of a um, I mean, I could. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know.
3: I read that they were like they were leaving it open ended. Like, yeah, maybe Frank will play for the Serbian national team, and that's funny. Uh, you're not even Serbian.
1: That's hilarious. Um, I mean, I I, I technically <laughs> I am, but right. I mean, the holdup on that stuff is I don't know. You have to give away your summers basically to go to a different yeah. country. Yeah. You know, training camps and stuff. And, you know, especially like I couldn't imagine doing it after this last season where we only had like a seven and a half week off season. Right. To just go. Basically, I know guys from like Devin went from our team. He went from playing in the finals to two days later, he's on a plane to go play in the Olympics. Like That's it's that right. it's it's it, it turns into a lot. Right.
4: And wasn't he on the same flight as some bucks players? Yeah. Didn't I see
1: that? Yeah, he was. <laughs> it's just, God. yeah, the, the competition, you don't want to see those. be I think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were on his flight with him afterwards. It's just, wow. That's tough. You got to get beat by somebody, then go play with them on the same team.
4: Oh, that's tough. (laughs) Speaking of tough, I I feel like I have good insight to it from Sam over the years of how grueling mentally a season is. And just think, Mm -hmm. you guys have been like mini pros since college because you were so in the spotlight at Wisconsin. You went to two final fours. You had more attention than most college players. I've noticed lately you're off social media. Mm -hmm. What has that done for you? How has that helped you?
1: You know, there's just so much for me. It's become it became like kind of overwhelming. You know, I, I slowly have like gotten less and less involved with it over the course of time to like, I think a couple months ago, I just deleted the apps off my phone. Nice. You know, I have my ways to get my news and things that like, I just there's so many opinion based things out there, you know, especially with like politics and stuff like that. I don't like waking up in the morning and reading and seeing like bad things happening. I like starting my day off on like a good note. I've gotten really into like mindset training and stuff like that. So, I think just getting rid of social media for me helped me just kind of be happier. You know, see the things I want to see and the stories I want to see and I can control it a little bit more. Like when you sign into Twitter and you're just reading negative stuff, it just got it just got old and to be too much for me and I don't I don't really like it that way. So, Instagram, I don't really go on there at all anymore either. Mm-hmm. You know, that one's a little bit harder because especially you know, I got friends that are getting married and having kids and they post stuff about their babies and stuff like that. And I don't get to see a lot of that stuff, but I also don't want to see a lot. of I just don't like what social media is turned into. So that's basically what it boils down to.
4: What's mindset training?
1: It's a lot of different stuff. You know, it's about like controlling your thoughts, your breathing, mm-hmm. you know, especially I've I've always done it well with basketball, but I've kind of incorporated it into like the rest of my life, you know, because the last couple of years, it's gone through a lot, like hardship wise,
4: mm-hmm.
1: being injured two out of the last three seasons, you know, it just kind of weighs on you. And, you know, especially right now, I'll, like what I'm this season, our team's the best team in the NBA, and I haven't been able to play since November. And mm-hmm. it's, it's it's been tough. So I'm just trying to mentally train myself because I know I'm going to come back at some point this season, like kind of keep myself with the same mental approach every single day, try to attack rehab like I would attack like a basketball game. To kind of shift my mindset around to be able to stay in the same mental space so that when I do come back I'm right where I need to be,
3: yeah, you were playing incredible too when uh Aiton went down, you were playing incredible, so I assume that it's extra frustrating because you were on such a streak playing some of your best basketball,
1: yeah, yeah you know, that definitely uh definitely makes it a little bit harder. you know it's kind of like right after that I had a thirty one point game which was my career high. And kind of right at, it's like the game after I started feeling something weird in my knee. Mm. And then like the next game after that was like the last one. So it really did happen fast. So like the emotional high to like kind of an emotional low happened really fast. But I did what I'd, I ended up having surgery this year so that I could come back this season. So that's, it's all been the goal of trying to compete for a championship because Olivia knows this. We've been close. I've been close a couple times and I really, want, I just really want one really badly. Yeah, well. You're
4: getting one. You th- It would be like against the universe if you retire without without a ring of some kind. I, I don't want to harp on this too much, but we recently had Ryan Lee, former NFL player, on the show. He battled addiction. He went to prison, and now he's an advocate for mental health, especially mental health when it comes to athletes. And like I said, I get it with trades and being waived and injuries and even politics on the team and all that. I mean, it's so yeah. much— you guys deal with, but to the average fan they're probably like, oh, what do you have to complain about you're a millionaire you're happy you know girls want you your life's good How do you explain to someone who doesn't get it why a season is so taxing?
1: I mean at the end of the day we're all still human beings like mm-hmm. we have, we go through the same struggles that everyone else goes through obviously you can look at money in any situation and think that should you know I think to an average person you would think that would cure all your problems, but it doesn't mm-hmm the same real world problems can follow literally any single person. You know, it's just different types of frustration for athletes, you know, sometimes. Like things that bother us may not bother someone else, but also things that bother the regular people definitely still bother us. So mm-hmm. it's hard to explain because I only know the one way. Obviously, going from Wisconsin to getting drafted. But I see like my family and everything and like what they go through. And obviously the money makes things nice, but also You know, like being in a situation, like I hate to keep bringing this one up, but like the situation I'm in, like everything you're on the best team in the NBA, like a lot of people dream about being able to play and help and do everything. And I'm kind of sitting on the sidelines right now watching it all happen. And that's, and that's difficult. That weighs on you that can like, that stuff can definitely follow you home because at the end of the day, our careers are kind of our lives Mm -hmm. and basketball kind of, it doesn't just stop when you leave the gym. It kind of follows you everywhere you go.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, wishing you the best, man. You guys got a good chance this year. You're what's the timeline for you coming back right now?
1: Hopefully I'll be back in I think it's like three weeks from now. That's what I'm aiming for. You know, I'm I'm in that ramp back up to play because when you've been out for so long, you gotta go through the whole ramping back up to play process. So that's kind of what I'm in right now, I'm back on the court and everything, which definitely feels good because there was a good ten week span there where I couldn't do anything. Literally just every single day, just basically walking around doing nothing.
4: Wow.
3: You watching any good shows? If you're not on social media, I know you like to watch <laughs> it with the uh, subtitles on. By the way, I do the yes. same thing. I watch every show with the subtitles on, and now I got my wife into it. I don't know why I yeah. like it, but I do. I speak English. It just makes it more enjoyable. Why do you watch it with the subtitles on?
1: I actually have a good reason. My grandma can't hear very well. So when ah. we were kids, every single thing we had to watch on TV with my grandma had subtitles on, and I just liked it. So I kept doing it. So I've been <laughs> watching TV with subtitles forever. And I know a lot of people, it's like you watch a show like Peaky Blinders where you can't understand what they're saying. And that's why people like, I had to watch subtitles with that. Now I do it with everything. Mine was my grandma can't <laughs> hear very well. That's a great. That's a <laughs> yeah. great reason. Yeah.
4: <laughs> the British shows are almost the worst. You're like, I know this is my language, but there are some shows.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's really tough. Like there yeah. And you know those things too. Like I'm sure we've all listened to songs before and think that the lyrics are one thing and then the <laughs> lyrics are something totally different. It's kind of the same yeah. ways with movies sometimes. Like what you hear sounds so much different than what they're actually saying.
4: Yeah, Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, you're right. It's true. Okay, you mentioned your grandma. What a lot of people don't know about you, I think, too, you always talk about being from Chicago, the Chicago area. Your aunt worked for the Bulls in the Jordan era. You grew up Mm -hmm. a fan in the Jordan era. I've always wanted to ask you, how did that shape the way you viewed the NBA, the way you loved basketball?
1: I don't remember what it's like to not like be in it. I I was born into that situation where my aunt worked for the Bulls. Like all of our birthday parties growing up when we were little kids and family were like at the practice facility. No way. (laughs) My mom would just take us there and let me and my cousins just kind of like run around and burn off all of our energy. Like you saw so much stuff when we were kids. And obviously, you know, my aunt always got us tickets to games and you know, especially when I got into high school, I would used to call my aunt at like my lunch period and be like, Hey, can I get a couple of tickets to come to the game tonight? And I just drive like right after school, I just drive down and go to bowls games with my friends. Wow. So it's just like I I mean, I always wanted to play in the NBA. That was just like a dream of mine because you know, I was kind of born into having a family member be a part of everything. And obviously mm-hmm. Michael Jordan in Chicago, everyone I had posters of him all over my wall when I was growing up. Like I my aunt used to get all like the the giveaways from the games and like grab me one and give it to me. And it's just, I don't know. I was a fan from day one. That's amazing. Why, uh, why Wisconsin?
3: Why did you pick Wisconsin?
1: <laughs> I knew I wanted to play in the big 10. That was, you know, being a Midwestern kid, I always wanted to play in the big 10. I'd be lying if I didn't say Illinois was, would have been my number one option, but um, yeah. they never offered me a scholarship. So I had some other scholarship oh, offers that. from Big Ten schools in Wisconsin, I just felt like fit me the best of all those. And I mean, I went and visited on campus. And if you've ever gone to the campus before, you would know why anyone would want to. I went on the campus in the middle of summer. and <laughs> I was like, I'm God. I looked at my dad. I was like, I want to commit here. I was ready to wow. commit on my first visit, but my dad wouldn't let me because I needed to take my mom there first. And then I went with my mom like two weeks later <laughs> and committed like two days after that. When I got back home, I called and was like, I'm coming here.
4: Giannis, you've been to Madison. You said he loved it.
1: Oh,
3: I love Madison. Yeah, I loved it. I've I've done shows there. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It's what, what about the campus is so great? Is it just beautiful? Are we talking about there's a lot of dime pieces walking around?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> to a 17 year old kid getting recruited, there was a lot of good scenery between the lakes. <laughs> between <laughs> It was bikini season. Yeah, it was a, you know, you have the two lakes there on campus. You go around, you see everything. Everyone's just happy. I mean, it was, and, and, you know, being, it was only two and a half hours away from home. Uh, it was important to me that my mom and my dad be able to come to games and my family be able to do that. So I think that was why I was wanted to play in the big 10 so badly because I had never been far away from home. And I don't think I wanted to go that far away from home.
4: So you go to Wisconsin to one of the best places on earth, Madison, Wisconsin, and your career blows up, especially your junior year. And fast forward, uh, I think it was your senior year en route to play in the national championship when you made the SI cover with Frank the Tank written behind you. What did yeah. that cover mean to you at the time? What did that feel like at the time? Like you were a kid.
1: You know, it all happened so fast Yeah, that it just felt like, I don't know. It was just, it was definitely a weird feeling because it was like, I always wanted to be, you know, one of those guys, you know, I remember, you know, you come out in your high school class with a lot of people and you see people from your high school class that you played against already like going one and done and two and done Mm -hmm. and already playing in the NBA. And you're just like, it's just like a competition thing. I wanted to be one of those, like one of those guys. And then, you know, when everything started happening, it was just like, I like, couldn't believe it at the time. And then I think the first time it really hit me was you know, when I was, I think it was, it was me and Josh after we made the final four that we were on the sports illustrated cover, like the first time we were on it, like just going crazy after we beat Arizona the first time. And that's when I like, it kind of hit me that when we were going to the final four and everything, it's like, wow, like we're really like doing this. Like, cause we used to talk about it, like about changing the culture in Madison, but like talking about it and doing it, were like two completely different things and then starting to get more and more notoriety and everything. I just I don't know. I just liked playing. That was, that was the fun. I'm sure Sam's told you, we were just a bunch of idiots. Like we didn't really realize, you know, like a lot of the stuff we were doing, we were just like having fun and just enjoying ourselves and just everything that came along. It was cool. We all did it. It was fun. I just like, I literally look back on my college career and it makes me smile and like, kind of want to cry at the same time, just because of how much Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it and how much fun I had and like the relationships that we all have now. And it's like, it's cool seeing everybody like grow up and start to move on and have families and start their own thing. And it's just, you know, it's I have a lot of pride about what we did and what we accomplished.
4: I mean, not only have I heard this all retold from the Deckers, but also media members have come up to me when they found out I was married to Sam and said, I've never enjoyed covering a team as much as I did those two Wisconsin teams, the 14, 15 teams. And it was, you guys were just a bunch of idiots. Like you were, <laughs> you were all just it. like genuinely friends. And it's like you were playing backyard basketball and just having way too much success.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, go, you even go to like the tournament press conferences. Like you see the other yes. teams, like you're all in the same thing and everyone's like in the thing like serious like this. And here we are just like joking around with people, like not answering any questions seriously. <laughs> you know, I even remember in the last Final Four, we had golf carts taking us around the stadium and we were literally like trying to hijack the golf carts and like drive them around ourselves and just like ghost <laughs> ride them i remember like we were just nothing was too serious like it was like off the court everything was like a joke and it was like our time to have fun but then like when on the court happened it was like serious and like go time and that's why if we would have been just serious and not friends and not close, I mean, I don't know if we would have enjoyed the experience as much as we did. That that was what made it so fun. We were so close, enjoying ourselves so much, and we were having so much success. And I, I wish we could have won one of the two, but, I mean, what we did and what we accomplished, I don't think anyone expected out of us. So it's just it's amazing that all that happened.
3: Well, now you're on, like you said, like we all know, you're on another great team. How do you compare those two teams Is the vibe the same? I mean, obviously you were in Charlotte, you were on a bad team for a little while is being loose and and being friendly because from a fan's perspective, all you see is the talent out there. You're like, Oh, these guys are talented. They're going to win, but that's obviously not enough. Is it the chemistry and is part of that chemistry being loose and having fun and liking each other?
1: Absolutely. I think that's a huge part of it. Like what your culture is as a team. And I've seen it in the NBA. One bad, one bad egg can kind of spoil it for everybody. And Mm -hmm especially from when I got here my first year in Phoenix, we missed the playoffs. We weren't very good, but like that bubble team,
4: yeah.
1: like it gets talked about a lot. We went eight and in the bubble and that's really what did it. Like we spent so much time together in the bubble. You literally couldn't spend time with anyone else. Everyone got close. And then the next year we traded for Chris and Chris came in and Chris has been just like a huge mentor and like another great personality to have in our locker room. And it's just been, it's been great. Like I see a lot of similarities. Like I don't want to compare the two and say they're the same, Because, I mean, I don't think any team in the world could be much closer than our Wisconsin team was. And obviously, the NBA is different. People have wives, children, kids, different things. But this team is very close. and, And we got a lot of great personalities on it. It has been a lot of fun to be a part of it.
4: You mentioned the bubble year. But the next year, you guys go to the finals. And you got to contribute and did great. Obviously, it was against the Milwaukee Bucks. And a state that's been so good to you, a state that loves you so much. Did the moment and weight of that ever hit you or was it more after it wrapped up? You're like, whoa, what just happened?
1: It's definitely more after the fact for me. That's kind of how it, always how it's been. Yeah. I get so focused and like kind of into it when it comes to basketball that you don't really take a moment to stop. And especially in the finals, everything's kind of coming quickly. It's like game after game, and you're preparing. Like the second a game is done, you're already preparing for the next game. Right. So it's just happening thing after thing. It was just cool to be back in Wisconsin. You know, my family could drive. It's like an hour and 10 minutes away from home, you know, having all my family and everybody there. You know, I saw a lot of the familiar faces from Wisconsin and everybody. It's just, it was so cool. It's just, it's weird how that works out. The first time you play in the finals, you play against you know, the team that's close to where your college was, it's, it was, it was a pretty cool experience, you know, and and I, and I used to be funny when I was working, when I was warming up in the finals, there used to be fans there and everyone would scream out, Hey, Frank, I hate, I love you, but I hope you lose. (laughs) It's it's just nice. There was a lot of people cheering for me, which was really cool because there's obviously so many diehard Wisconsin fans, but it's hard to put into words, like kind of how that experience works out. It's just, it's very cool, but you also still want to win at the end of the day.
4: Were there some red forty-four jerseys in the crowd?
1: There definitely were. Yes, that's awesome. It was it was cool, and it's crazy. Like I tell people this all the time, they ask about Wisconsin. Actually, somebody just asked me this. It's like Wisconsin fans are crazy. Like there's some crazy college fans. I know the Kentucky people are probably just nuts, but like Wisconsin fans will support. Like the second you leave and you go somewhere else, they'll still support you no matter what doesn't matter which pro team you go on to play for or what else you do they're still very very supportive of you and that's cool like i still feel all the love from wisconsin and everything
3: oh yeah yeah i remember when i recorded i actually recorded my first album there and I, in madison my and i remember walking around and i think uh it was basketball season if i remember correctly the whole town looks like they're on the team i mean everyone's just in the apparel <laughs> all you see is red i mean it, it they you guys really do have some great fans for sure
1: did you buy a jersey?
3: I didn't buy a jersey. I didn't buy a Why jersey. Not? I should have, but now I'm going to buy yours now and I'm going to get it signed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I want a Turkish, I want a Sam Decker jersey too, Olivia. <laughs> I want both of my, my Ivory. I used to call you guys the Ivory Towers. So I want both.
4: <laughs> Giannis, what do you call Sam's team in Turkey? What do you call them?
3: Uh, the shish kebabs, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: We're not very PC around here. I don't know how much uh, our Turkish listenership is. Yeah, um, well, I I'm Greek. Ask, it's good ribbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greeks and Turks really don't like each other, too. So it's we caused got a huge. Little, r- we
3: got a little thing. Yeah. It's like Duke <laughs> in North Carolina.
4: Yeah. Just speaking of the Bucks, and when people look at what could be the NBA Finals this year, you know, a lot of people, Nets, Bucks, Heat, Bowls, there are so many good teams in the East this year. You guys are a favorite to win in the West. What team matchup wise do you think would be the toughest handle for the Suns? And if it is the Bucs again, what will that mean the second time around for you?
1: Personally, from like a competition standpoint, I mean, I think I said this, I remember after our junior year, it's like when we got into the tournament, our senior year, we saw that we had the ability to play Kentucky again. And that's obviously Mm -hmm. like who we wanted to play. Like you want to play that team that beat you. And that's just like from a competitive standpoint like I'd love to be able to play Milwaukee again in a series and beat them as far as matchup wise you know it's different every different round of the playoffs brings a different type of matchup and that was the cool part about you know our run last year it's like every single round we played we saw something completely different the Lakers playing against LeBron and them having Anthony Davis and then going against the Clippers obviously Kawhi was out but they played smaller on us then we went to Denver and had to play against Jokic and the problems that he brings and then we played the Clippers and they played smaller on us and just like adjusting to that that having to then go play the Bucks who are playing way bigger and just adjusting to all that cuz obviously Giannis is a matchup problem so you just kind of have to be I think that's a good part about our team we're able to adjust to pretty much anybody we've played against so far in the past 2 years so it's hard to truly know obviously Giannis caused a lot of problems for us last year so I think if our team's super competitive so I think anyone would say we'd want to play Milwaukee again I have a
3: question I'm very interested in, actually. Like, in my era, I'm a little older than you guys. Somebody who was 6'11", 7' like you, they're in the block their whole life. You're very good in the block. I mean, you got great footwork in the block, but you also can shoot. You're a modern big man. What's the prep like now? Is it mostly outside shooting, mid-rangers, or do you do a lot of work in the block? I mean, are all plays just, you know, cheat out to the three-point line and uh, get a kick? I mean, what's it like now being a big man?
1: I still do everything, you know, and I think that's a good part about our team. Everybody kind of works on everything because the way offenses go in the NBA, bigs got to be able to score kind of in multiple positions. You got to be able to screen and roll. You got to be able to catch the ball in the middle of the paint, be able to kick it out and pass. You got to be able to kind of see the floor, especially the modern big man has to be able to be comfortable with the ball in his hands. And I think a lot of my game came from, I was, I grew late. I grew later on in high school. So I was always a guard growing up. So I was just comfortable playing that position. I kind of kept it with me as I kept going. Personally, I love shooting threes. I just always have, you know, and I wasn't a big jumper or anything like that. So I just knew that wasn't going to be a huge part of my game. So I just felt more comfortable playing on the perimeter. But I think you see in the NBA, more and more big guys keep stepping further and further away. Some of them shouldn't, but they do. (laughs) And they think they're a little bit better shooters than they are, but it's, that's kind of how it's becoming, and you know that's good because that fits right into my game.
4: Okay, I've got to ask you: when you watch the college game, I'm not sure how much you're able to catch. I know it's really tough at the pro level, but the Big Ten tournament starts March 9th. That's Wednesday, next Wednesday. Who do you like right now? Wisconsin's on a roll, winning their last four.
1: I mean, yeah, I'll never say anyone other than Wisconsin. Even if they were in last place, I would say Wisconsin's <laughs> going to win the Big Ten tournament. That's just <laughs> kind of me. I'm, I'm a super loyal fan, and yeah. obviously you know, went there, accomplished things there. So, but it's good to see them back playing really well. I know last year was kind of tough for them, you know, just with the whole, everything that went down towards the end of the season. But um, I love seeing them playing well and they got a good team and hopefully they can make a run because that's, that's what I want. I love, love, and especially I got so many friends that went to different big 10 schools at this point. I love it when they play one of my best friends played it. You know, you were there at my Jersey retirement night. One of my yeah. best friends went to Purdue and wore his Purdue letterman jacket when we played Purdue <laughs> and beat Purdue that night. And he wanted—he always felt like crying. <laughs> so I hope they play Purdue in the championship game and end up beating them. That's what I'm hoping for. All right.
4: Well, I didn't ask what you were hoping for. I asked what you think will happen.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's what heart. I think will happen. Wisconsin okay. over Purdue. Yeah.
4: yeah. Purdue looking pretty good, too.
3: Yeah. yeah, some people can pick who they also root for. You know, it's a little heart in it. It's his okay. alma mater. Yeah. All right, Frank, we've had a great time with you, man. So much insight. Now we're going to switch to something a little more personal. We're going to have a little fun with you since you know Olivia personally. Oh, no. So I'm sure you used to go one-on-one with Sam in practice back at Wisconsin all the time. Well, now... You are going to take on Olivia one on one in a Ooh. different game. Yeah, it's a different game. It's time to find out who knows Sam better. His former teammate or his <laughs> wife in a little his baby Sam. Mama. <laughs> yeah, it's Baby's Mama. In a little Sam Decker <laughs> trivia show. Okay. Uh-oh. I love it. All right, so here we go. Ooh. Okay. First up. So, I'm going to ask what number did Sam Decker wear at Wisconsin? We'll start easy. 15. 15. Okay, they both know. All right, we're starting easy, <laughs> and we're getting gradually harder. Oh, what gosh. did Sam say, and, and Frank will go first, and Olivia. What did Sam say his favorite class was at Wisconsin?
1: Uh, <laughs> geology.
4: <laughs> Olivia? Geology.
3: You're both wrong. Oh, my God. I hope he doesn't see this. It's entomology.
4: Entomology. The bugs. It's bugs.
3: Yes. Well, you know, you can't get it right now. Uh, I
1: would have never (laughs) known. Yeah,
4: the bug class.
3: Yeah, he had to raise a bug. He had a caterpillar in his room that turned into a moth. (laughs) So the kid likes bugs. (laughs) All right. Here's another one. On draft night... Who did Jalen Rose compare Sam to that made Kyle Lowry tweet? Is Jalen Rose just comparing people that look
1: alike?
4: Ooh.
1: Andre Karolenko. Good guess. I don't know. Because they do look alike. Olivia?
4: I don't know. No, No clue.
3: No clue. Okay. It was, he works for the Knicks now, Wally Zerbiak. Wally Zerbiak. Wally Zerbiak. So, <laughs> at this point, so far, neither one of you guys know Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's bad. laughs> These are hard questions. It's got to get better
4: than this. I know. Yeah, that's a well, really hard question. Well,
3: hey, listen, you know what I mean? We got this. We're talking about friendship. Who knows Sam better? Uh, okay. So we got to go with the good ones. This one probably Frank's going to have the advantage. How many points did Sam score in his first career NBA start? Well, actually, Olivia may have the advantage. How many points did he score in his first start? 30. Olivia?
4: 30 against the Memphis Grizzlies. We were dating, I don't think, engaged yet.
3: Yeah. I, is that what won you over right there? You're like, I'm going to marry this guy. Kick can play. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, We, we, we weren't 30. even close
4: to getting married until that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was watching in Wisconsin with his sister, Hannah. We got together at a bar in Milwaukee to watch the game. Sam's first start. We didn't know he was starting until like 30 minutes before. We're like, oh my god! And then they played the Bucks next, and he was flying to Milwaukee after, and uh, that that was an awesome week. He was very happy that week.
3: That's incredible! I remember watching that too. Yeah, yeah. He had uh, he, he was on twelve for nineteen shooting. It was against the Grizzlies. Yeah, incredible, incredible start, incredible debut. All right, which restaurant did Sam once say is home to his favorite hamburger? Frank Culver's, Olivia.
4: Yeah, Culver's. If we're going with just like a chain. Is that what
3: you mean? Yeah, you're both right. You're both yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right. So like, if, you know, because let's just say somebody had kidnapped. You know, he is playing in Turkey. Someone kidnaps him and they say, if you answer these questions, he lives. He's doing okay right now. <laughs> 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 At first, they thought he was going to be gone. Pressure. But now we're getting him back. We're getting him back. <laughs> All right. What team once hosted a Sam Decker bobblehead night? The Rockets. The Rockets. Oh boy, I'm I'm worried about Sam's well being right now. It's the Wisconsin Timber Timber Rattlers.
4: Oh well, that's... oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. minor league baseball team. I've got it over here.
3: <laughs> you should have known that one. You should have known that one.
4: Oh, All right. That that's a big uh, a big gift in Wisconsin is it, he's holding a bratzauka. It's it's a machine that shoots bratwurst.
3: <laughs> that is very Wisconsin.
4: Yeah, All right. I'll give you a signed one,
3: Giannis. I, yeah, I mean, he, he probably would rather I have it at this point <laughs> since you didn't even know it existed. All right. <laughs> Who made headlines when they trolled Sam for not graduating from college?
1: Me. Me. <laughs> what do
4: you say? <laughs>
1: I think he tweeted at me something at me once and I said, I'm sorry, I don't respect the opinion of <laughs> a college dropout. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's fair.
3: Olivia, you have a guess or an answer? It was me.
4: Well, no, it's, I mean, it's got to be that.
3: Well, according to Sam, it, it was his mother. According
1: to Sam, it's his mother. Oh. Yeah. Oh.
0: So I don't know. I wasn't
1: there. <laughs> I remember tweeting something at him about that, too. <laughs> Didn't his mom make him mow the lawn, too?
4: I think it was like two days after he was drafted or something. He had to mow his parents' lawn. He's like, come
3: yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. know what? Frank... Gets that one because he also did it, yeah. and Olivia, you get negative two points because you didn't even know that Frank did it. <laughs> so that you're now, you're, yeah. I, I'm taking, I'm taking a point away, like what they do in boxing. All right, last question: Where did Sam take Olivia on their first date?
1: Don't answer this yet. I want to guess. I will. Hmm.
4: And Giannis, I don't think whatever answer you have will be accurate.
3: Well, I just hope you know it.
1: Hmm. <laughs> capital grill no no i take it back <laughs> I, don't have to get under, I, don't, I don't know i don't
4: know well i'm not i have no idea what answer you have Giannis. but it was just to a mexican restaurant our second date was to watch a packer game no 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 our first date was to watch a packer game in houston and he brought his roommate max
3: nice <laughs> he was serious about you at the beginning
4: was that the answer you had
3: well, I don't know. There's no answer, but I was just i just knew that you would know. Him. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was
4: to watch a Packer game.
3: Yeah. I would just say, thankfully, he didn't ask you because I knew if you had, you would have been like, take me, fly me on a private jet. We're going to New York and I want to go to a steakhouse because you're what they call pricey. <laughs> you don't look like a two no, for No, in tw- fact, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a two for 20 at Applebee's. I'll tell you that.
4: Sam will tell you that I bought a bucket of beer.
3: Oh, you got a buckle of beer. Oh, so you were trying to downplay. It. You're trying to just, you're trying to play it off. Yeah. Like you were just like, Hey, I'm low maintenance. And little did he know. Woo.
4: Mm-hmm. That's what, as girls, we do that. We do this thing of like, you're, you got to be cool girl for a while.
3: Right. Right.
4: And then you get married.
3: <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'll go anywhere. Take me to Applebee's. Anything two for 20 fine. And then a couple years into marriage, you're like, okay, I want to go to Paris and I want you to take me to one of the two sushi chefs who are Michelin rated in Paris now.
4: (laughs) Gosh.
3: (laughs) Well, that's it. So I think Sam's okay. Be a good date, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think he survived. He survived. He made it. He's going to be okay. So that's the game. That was was fun. fun. Yeah.
4: Good job, Giannis.
3: Well, that's
1: it. Thank you so much, Frank.
4: Frank, that was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Yep, thanks for having me.
4: off on a bad note, but we've got to talk about it because it rocked the betting world this past weekend. Peter Andrew from BetMGM, what happened to all these ranked teams losing on the same Saturday? What did you see?
2: Well, it turned out all right for us, but uh, (laughs) first, first time ever, the top six seeded teams in a given week, on a given day, all went down. I don't think it's as crazy and as big a surprise as some people think. Some of those matchups, I think probably the Arizona Colorado one is the most peculiar mm-hmm. Colorado was at home. so that's the one I consider kind of an outlier. but you know people don't realize sometimes a team like St Mary's year in year out give teams like Gonzaga trouble. That is the only team in the WCC that's even remotely close to beating them in a in a conference game or a conference tournament game. So some of them not so crazy, but you saw teams like Auburn go down to Tennessee, mm-hmm. Michigan State beat Purdue. Baylor, Kansas, kind of a toss-up between them two in terms of how good they are. I think both top 10 teams at the time. And then the real surprise to me or the team that I really like going into next week and into the tournament, Arkansas over Kentucky, J.D. Notay is awesome. Mm -hmm. I think you look at that team, they have a legitimate shot at being a real threat in the tournament. Right now, I think if you're looking at value, you want to take teams that could make some noise in their respective conference games. And then could make some noise in the tournament. I think that's who you have to consider for some value in a future. So Arkansas forty to one right now, five dollar bet wins you two hundred dollars. I mean they're they're a good team and they are only going to get better if they make it to the finals in the SEC tournament or they get a four seed in the actual NCAA tournament. They are going to be way better than forty to one. I promise you that. So good time to take teams kind of in that level and of that caliber.
3: I watched that Gonzaga game. Do you think St. Mary's? Offered a blueprint for how to beat Gonzaga by pounding it inside. They kind of went inside out. Or is it just that if Gonzaga plays a team with three white starters, Gonzaga's in trouble?
2: Yeah, for a team that's got two so almost seven foot guys or seven ish foot guys, they can be a bit soft at times. So I think it kind of is the blueprint, but that's also the kind of game that Gonzaga needs as a bit of a wake up call. So, yeah. Happening towards the end of the season. I think we mentioned this even last year, losing that game in a conference tournament. That's great when it's happening before the NCAA tournament, because that's how you get, you know, kind of whipped into shape. But you're not totally wrong. I think that is the blueprint. And that's what teams are going to now look to do when Gonzaga is inevitably a one or two seed and they're looking to try to, you know, try to scare him off.
4: Giannis, I know you're so excited we're talking hoops again. I can hear it in your voice, and we are just getting into the crux of it. Now that All-Star break is over in the NBA, let's take another look at futures. The Warriors are the favorite to win it all at plus 425. That's better odds than the Suns, which surprises me. I know everyone's excited about Golden State, but it just seems like the Suns are head and shoulders above the rest, regardless of the Chris Paul injury. Which team would you put your money on today, Pete?
2: Man, it's it's crazy. On the West, is interesting because Warriors do not look good right now. So I think they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. I mean, they've been on a pretty bad skid. They lost some pretty embarrassing games. You have to look at the Suns. I still love this Warriors team and similar in, in a different way, but similar to the Gonzaga issue. I mean, they need this kind of stretch to kind of get their stuff together. But the difference is Gonzaga's is not facing a team like the Phoenix Suns in a conference tournament or in the first rounds, of, the first couple of rounds of NCAA tournament. So, Suns are legit. When you go to the the East, though, Heat look awesome. Plus four fifty mm-hmm. to win the Eastern Conference right now. That is a great value bet. You don't know what's going to happen when it comes to the Embiid and Harden connection. It looks good so far. The Nets I still don't know what to expect of them. They're not to get political or COVID here, but. They still don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie with the, the sanctions that are going to get lifted in New York City.
4: Oh, Pete, there's no room for that kind of talk on this show. Don't you know we don't go there?
2: Any, any reason <laughs> to not take the Nets, I'm all in.
4: <laughs> I'm kidding. I just unleashed on it in the open. It's like my yeah. main thing I want to talk about today.
2: <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I do know Embiid plus 100 to an MVP. That's my lock. Even money right now, it's only going to go down in a way. Playing with Harden is going to help him because less doubles, more shooters. I think he's going to get the looks, and I think points-wise, he's going to you know, continue to accumulate. So that's the one I feel real comfortable about. I know, I think it's Jokic that's probably right there with him at probably like plus 190 or so, maybe a little bit more. But I think Embiid's a really safe bet.
3: Yeah, I mean, this year, this is a good year to put, put your money on a sleeper because injuries are such a factor this year, like, I got the Suns winning it all, but it depends, right? It depends if Frank the Tank comes back. The way he played when Aiton went down, it's all about Frank the Tank. We just spoke to him. If Frank Kaminsky's not healthy, <laughs> I'm not. I am not betting on the Suns because that kid looked good when he was playing. I think it was DeAndre uh, Aiton went down and then he stepped in. He started playing well because the Suns is all about the health. That's what I see. Chris Paul, uh, DeAndre Aiton, and Frank the Tank, baby. I'm a Phoenix Suns fan now. Forget about the Turkish League, Wisconsin star. I'm now Frank the Tank's fan.
4: Peter, last week, he was all North Carolina with Tate Frazier. Giannis is as, uh, as much of a sellout as anyone I've ever known in the sports world. Come on. Yeah.
3: Olivia, you're rubbing off on me. I'm picking up some moves from you. You can't lose <laughs> if you root for everybody.
4: Yeah.
2: I told you guys before the show, too, that I was a huge Frank the Tank guy because of his yeah. time in Charlotte. I hope, I hope you got me that autograph and that little cameo video. That's really what I'm looking for as we get into some craziness at work for the next couple of weeks with March Madness.
4: <laughs> I want to just revisit MVP one more time. We, you talked about Joel Embiid. We just saw him dunk on the entire Knicks team. That was so gnarly. I'm pretty sure the people who work concessions and sell tickets were on the court as well. There were just a lot of bodies that he was flying over. He is the favorite, as you mentioned. Can you give us a couple sneaky value picks maybe of MVP odds Uh, you mentioned Jokic he's obviously won it before Giannis has won it before is there anyone else we should look at
2: it's got to be John Morant I'm pulling up his odds right now yeah John Morant is freaking awesome so he's plus 1800 I mean I I think it was yet. so we're recording on Monday I think it was yesterday where they had that little give and go and he spun around the defender to lay it up incredible I mean he is electric Even you look at them as a sleeper, maybe you take them plus twenty eight hundred to win it all. I mean, they're right there in third place. They can easily go on a run and get hot. But Mm -hmm. but John Moran is awesome, and for the next fifteen years, he's going to be awesome in the NBA. Love it, yeah. If he stays healthy, again, that's a it's a running theme
3: with the guy who plays like that. You know, he uh, he reminds me of a lot of guys who like to to play above the rim, and you know that in that league. That can can be a little bit of a liability.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't compare him like for like with Westbrook, but like you've seen the decline of Westbrook over the last two years versus what he was, and he was that high flyer. Again, kind of different player, but above the rim 80% of the Mm -hmm. time, it feels like. So hopefully it doesn't happen and he fizzles out like that. He's got a little bit of a Derrick
3: Rose vibe a little bit, you know, and that's what scares me sometimes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, Pete, great stuff as always. Thank you so much. Next week, we'll dig even further into March Madness and conference tournaments, obviously. And then Selection Sunday is here before we know it, just two weeks away. So can't wait for that. Peter Andrew, yeah. thank you so much.
2: We got some treats for you from that MGM. So for the next Ooh. couple of weeks, get ready.
4: Love it. We like treats. We like free stuff, Giannis.
3: Love free stuff, especially a t-shirt.
4: Yeah, you should see this guy <laughs> at an NBA game with a t-shirt cannon. You've never seen yeah. someone move so fast.
3: T-shirt cannons could end all wars. <laughs> just send them over right now to the current <laughs> conflict
2: and just start shooting them out gonna there. I
4: was going to say, don't say it. Don't go there. <laughs>
2: Putin's listening. T-shirt I think, cannon, I think he done. is
4: a big Unleashed listener. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> See you, Pete.
2: See you guys. <laughs> All
3: right, that was a lot of fun with Frank Kaminsky. We learned a lot about Olivia's wedding. And, you know, they both barely know Sam, which was hilarious. But hope his knee gets better. He's a big part of that team. And, yeah, he's not Serbian, so the rumors are not true. He's about as Serbian as Elizabeth Warren is Native American. So that's that. As for you guys, fans of our show, we need you to vote. Vote for us for Funniest Sports Podcast. The link is in bio. Follow us on Twitter, at BetMGM, on Instagram, BetMGM. Follow Olivia Harland-Decker. Follow me for my upcoming road dates. Come into a town near you to make some funnies. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week.